means is, I would rather be a conduit. I would rather be a conduit. A doorkeeper opens the way for others to get through. A doorkeeper in the kingdom of God connects earth with heaven and makes a way for heaven to flow through you. God made a way for the wilderness for the people of God. In that moment, God was the conduit from heaven to earth so the power of God could be released through that, open the waters, and let the people go through. Now, here's the thing. Listen carefully. Jesus came, and what did Jesus say? Jesus said, I am the way. What did he mean? He is the conduit between heaven and earth. And the only way to the Father is up through that conduit. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus opened the way for, between heaven and earth for all. By the way, you can tell this has not been practiced, so give me some space, guys. Yeah, give me space. space. And um, he opened the way for heaven to touch earth and for every one of us to enter the pipe, to enter the conduit, to enter the way, which is Jesus Christ. And through the cross, we have access to the Father and the throne room and all the resources the Father has made available to us because Jesus became our conduit. It gets better. When Jesus went to the Father, he took your pipe and he filled it with the Holy Spirit. So from that moment on, God was the doorkeeper, Jesus the doorkeeper. Now he says, I'm off to heaven. Now you guys are the doorkeepers. You guys other doorkeepers, you guys, through your acts of kindness, through your scriptures, through your example, through your word, through your face. A lot of people have got joy in their heart. They've just never sent an email to their face to let it know. And the thing is that God, God in his wisdom and his mercy has made a way for you and I to have our pipes full of the Holy Spirit so that you and I, from that moment on, can open doors through sharing the gospel, through acts of kindness, through meeting needs of the poor, through visiting the prisoners, so that we can make a way for earth to touch heaven and heaven to touch earth. How many people want to be a doorkeeper? It gets better. And I'm way off track with this. But here, when it says, when Abram said, when everything looked the opposite, when he said these words, that he was fully persuaded God would do what he promised. Right there is the medicine ingredient God wants to inject into each of our hearts today. So we live life full of confidence, full of the power of God, knowing that God is the conduit, that He makes a way where there is no way. That He makes a way where there is no way. That He makes a way always where there is no way. Let's applaud the living God. <laughs> now here, when He says... 
when he says, and this is crucial, because I, I want to get our heads around a word in the Bible that's confused me for many, many years. I've studied faith, I believe faith, I've, I, I live by faith, but there is some mystery in there I've been waiting to unlock. And here's, here is where, so when he says he was fully persuaded, the hymn uses these words for fully persuaded. It uses the words, don't miss this, blessed assurance. Blessed assurance. Abraham had blessed assurance. You could have all the faith, all the belief, all the fasting, but still not have the blessed assurance. And when you have the blessed assurance that only heaven can give, when you have that, you're fully persuaded. Even though your wife and you have nothing left. In that moment, when God injects your heart in a moment, and I want to be as practical and simple as I can because you guys are great faith people, great prayer, you fast, you pray, but what if God just put a, that number in your combination lock and 30 years of waiting, 30 years of struggle, 30 years of being friendless, 30 years of being in poverty, whatever, is boom, unlocked today. And already great examples have happened this week. If I have time to tell you, I will. But here's the thing. Before I just get to this thing, there are three stages God takes you through. Three biblical stages he takes you through. You see, the thing is, we all stay, start the faith journey, bug-eyed, bright-eyed. God could do anything. You pray, and the first time you get a little attack or a few oppositions, you know, before you know it, you're in darkness. You know, you're feeling your way through. You're feeling your way through, and you think something's gone wrong. Well, it hasn't. It's this first stage God takes you through. And God, first of all, takes us through the place of isolation. He takes us to the place of isolation. You know, when your friends all leave you, and your family all leaves you, and your workmates all leave you, and your money all leaves you, and you look in the mirror and go, I must use better deodorant. Something's gone seriously wrong with the chemicals in this house. And um, God takes Abraham to the place of isolation to help him get heaven to touch earth in his life. He took him outside the tent. When God wanted to get Gideon's attention, he comes and he gets Gideon alone. He isolates him. When God wanted to get David's attention, he isolated him in that cave. When God wanted to get Joseph's attention, he took him to the pit. When he wanted to spend time with his son Jesus, even Jesus, he took him to the place of isolation. He took him to 40 days in the wilderness. And in that wilderness, as he fasted and he prayed, heaven came down and touched earth. I should have a third post here, hell, because hell came that time as well and tried to tempt him. But Jesus was so connected to heaven and so connected to earth, hell couldn't enter that moment. And so 
So you're looking in the mirror and you're thinking, oh man, where did all my friends, where did all my resources go? Where did all my hopes go? Where did all my dream go? Where did that husband go? Where did that girlfriend go? Where did that thing go? And you can go through seasons of the most isolated thing. And they can be tempted to think there's something wrong with you. Well, I want to encourage you today. There is something right with you. God loves you so much. He will share you with nothing. And he longs to share the secrets of his heart with you. The only way he can do that is to get you away from the iPhone, the iPad, the knee pads, and every other pads. And get you isolated and alone so he can share his heart with you. And get his heart into, let's give it up for God on that one, isolation. Isolation. Don't panic in the day of isolation, guys. It's not something wrong. You're not a weirdo. You are on course to be used by God in the most amazing way you could imagine. The second phase I need to stop dieting. My trousers are fondant. The second place God takes you is to the dark place. Have anybody ever been to the dark place? Has anybody ever been to the dark place? Come on, guys. Have you ever had a dark night of the soul? Have you ever had a dark year of it? Have you ever had the dark decade of the soul? If you haven't, come and see me then. i got a few spare. Emma, I couldn't get some water, darling, eh? Elma loves me to bits. She'll do anything for me. But there's one thing she resents is being my apprentice. But just for once, darling, be my apprentice and bring me that water. <laughs> oh, you've been guzzling my water. Right, guys. The second thing is the dark place. Anybody know what the dark place looks like? The dark place is when you think, nobody appreciates me. Nobody loves me. I've done everything for everybody. They don't, they don't respect me. They don't honor me. They don't, they don't get it. They don't realize I'm the man. I've changed the universe. I've given my life to them. And they don't even as much to send a text to say thanks. 95 quid I spent on that stick buying stupid juice. And they never even say, you go, you're in a dark place. You prayed your prayers. You start praying for your children, they get worse. You're in a dark place. You start praying for your finances, it gets worse. You're in a dark place. But I learned something from the dandelion, guys. I learned something from the dandelion. The day I came to Jesus, I was complaining. Oh, no angel showed up. No goosebumps showed up. All the books I read, the windows shake and the trees fall down and heaven opens. Nothing happened. And he took me to a dandelion. He got me to look at the dandelion. And he said, have a look. Well, that thing before, and I was in a dark place. When you're in the dark place, I'm telling you, and you look at the dandelion, all you see is a pee the bed. That's all you see is a pee, wet the bed. When we were we, our mothers always told us, you can touch any tree in the Garden of Eden, but if you touch the dandelion, you'll pee the bed. You'll wet the bed. So I grew up thinking it's a disgusting plant, but I meet once a week with a permaculturist. You know what a permaculturist if you've got straight hair, you need to go and see him. No, a permaculturist. And he teaches me the most amazing things every week about the secrets of God's creation and plants. And he began for some strange reason. I didn't say anything. He says, let me talk to you about a dandelion. Because that day, I saw dandelion as the most beautiful thing. You see everything different when 
you've been touched by blessed assurance. That was what God used to give me the blessed assurance. I didn't expect to wait 40 years on the interpretation. Don't give up in your prayers when you're in the dark place. Don't give up in isolation, though it takes 40 years like the people in the wilderness. God will come through because God always makes a way where there is no way. Amen? So I'm sitting with an horticulturist and he says, I want to take a minute to teach you about the dandelion. I'm asking him advice on what plants would grow in Haiti. And he says, let me tell you about dandelion. The dandelion is the most wonderful, wonderful plant on the earth. It's leaves you can put on your lettuce. It's full of nutrition. You can make tea from it, and it will fill your body with this, 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 this. He's going on and on. And then he said something. And I saw it. I saw it. When Hebrews 11 one says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, I saw it like I'd never seen it before. And this is what he said, the dandelion's roots go down deep, deep, deep into the earth, but the dandelion does not get its goodness from the soil. I went, what? He says, the dandelion presses through the soil till it hits the rock. The difference with the dandelion and most plants, that dandelion gets its goodness from the rock. And I saw it like I'd never seen it before. The dandelion doesn't just faff around in the darkness of hope. You see, the word substance is the, word, the Greek word hypostasis. And if you want to know how it's pronounced perfectly, I'll say it again, hypostasis. I actually have no idea how it may be pronounced. But hypostasis, the best interpretation I've seen of that word is this. Substance is what is underlying the apparent. Oh, my word. Substance is what's underlying the apparent. For me, the apparent thing was the dandelion gets its stuff it needs from the earth. But it doesn't. The dandelion presses through and it presses through and it presses through until it touches rock. If you could find a better explanation of touching God and faith to release miracles, come and see me. Because God is calling us to touch bedrock. And you think, I couldn't get any worse in my life. Oh, things have gone bad, 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 bad. Oh, 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 oh. And you think, oh man, that's going wrong. No, 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 no. You're in a dark place. You're like those roots. You're pressing through the soil. You're pressing through that dark soil of doubt, that dark soil of fear, that dark soil of disappointment, that dark soil of thing. And you think it's going to get worse and worse and worse. Well, I've got good news for you. If you allow God to keep taking your roots down, you will hit bedrock faster than Fred Flintstone could eat his dinner. You will hit bedrock. And until you hit bedrock, you think, oh, this is low as I could go. Oh, no. God decides when we can go as low. But when you let God take you through the dark, the place of isolation, the dark days, until you touch bedrock. And I saw it like I'd never seen before. Because when you touch bedrock, when you touch bedrock, so here's how it works. We start off, 
We love you, God. We believe in you, God. We hope in you, God. You're praying. You got all the fasting, all the faith. You got everything you like going. But until, until you press through, until you push through in prayer, until you pray until, and this is the secret, until you pray until, you're like this. You're like this, flapping. You're like this. It says faith is the substance of things hoped for. This is hope. This is belief. Hope isn't faith. Belief isn't faith. Praying isn't faith. Fasting faith. Faith is substance. And you have to press through and pray until the moment comes when you touch the heart of God and God begins to release substance to you. He releases a blessed assurance. He releases a peace to you. And when you have that supernatural deposit from the living God, nothing, no man, no lack of resources, no ill health can stop you doing what God has called you to do. Can you say amen? amen. Last Sunday, is Laura and Ewan here? I believe Ewan is here. Ewan, come down the front, Bob, you don't mind. Last Sunday, you know, I heard, you know, you and Lara been praying and 20 times. 20, if you've shown two people around your house and you've cleaned your house twice for somebody to see it and they didn't buy it, you love them, but you want to break their windows. It's called disappointment. And here's the thing. 20 times, Lara and you and prayed. 20 times, they trusted God. 20 times, nothing's happening. Something changed in the supernatural atmosphere when the Word of God was preached last week, and they went home and did this. Um, just to give you an idea, to say after uh, Aaron's word, and it was a part of his word where sometimes Christians are quite good at this. They do the whole, whatever's your will, God, you know, maybe his eye, maybe his no prayer, where you do a, oh, if you're not sure, you know, you kind of throw up in air and hope God sort of catches this prayer. And Aaron touched on this and I went, I've been praying wrong. And as, he would, as Jimmy touched on, we had a few viewers. And that, um, that Sunday, I said, right, God, enough's enough. Jimmy's right. I was, uh, if I have to keep tidying this house up, they're not going to get a happy face when I open the doors. So I said, Lord, we want to move. Enough's enough. I want to get this house sold. And that was that prayer, a prayer of a probably righteous but slightly irritable man. Um, and then I, I believe, kind of, it, it was prayed on Sunday, and then that week um, we got a call from a few viewers, and a guy, this guy came out, and if you've ever sold a house, a guy came out, and it's, blokes are amazing. They go around the room going, Nothing said. You got a maybe yes or no. But uh, the short of it is the, um, that guy left. That was on, I think, the Saturday. Then Sunday night, he uh, came back and says, um, loved your house. We're going to give, put an offer in. And I had a figure in my head. God gave me that figure. So the house is sold. And we're uh, looking for another house. As simple as that. Thanks, bro. Bless you, bro.
20 times. 20 times. How many years have you prayed for that depression to go? How many years have you prayed and hoped that your children would be healed? How many years have you believed and hoped and, and then you think, well, there's something wrong with my belief, something wrong with my hope, something wrong with my Bible reading, something wrong, something wrong, something wrong. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. It's just something missing. When you make a case, I decided yesterday, you know, it's time to bless my wife. I'm going to make the biggest pot. I got the, the biggest, I'm talking the biggest pot. She likes her soup. I'm going to make her the biggest pot of soup you can imagine. I did it like she commands me to. Don't put this in it. Don't put that in it. Put this in it. Put that in it. She knows. She's, she's a fantastic bacon cook. So I do it to the book. And it's brilliant. I'm so, I can't wait until they're coming home. And she did her usual and came home three hours late. And um, I put the soup in. And you know that moment how your wife can't lie anymore, eh? You know when you've been married long enough, she can't lie with a straight face. And I said, how's the soup, darling? That's good. Even with the tone, you could tell with the tone. <laughs> she could even say the right words, look the right way, but the tone is the key. The tone did not fill me with confidence. I thought, what the hang is wrong now? <laughs> and wh- how much of that pot would go down the toilet in a winner? You know, your, your confidence shrinks in these moments, guys. She said, um, did you put the ham hoch bone in it? The ham hoch what? <laughs> in 44 years, I've managed to fill her with many things, but not an ingredient in a meal. If I add one single pinch of celery, she can tell. She's like the police chief of the dinners. And uh, she still continued to pretend it was good, which is grace. That's grace, isn't it? It's grace. It was good. I know. I've been running to the wheel ever since. It was very good. <laughs> All it needs is a missing ingredient. Our ham bone today is confidence unleashed. And in a moment, we're going to pray and ask God. Even though it's taking 30 years to find that partner, 20 years to get rid of that depression, 10 years to do this. Listen, I'm telling you now, God isolates you, not because you're bad. He, he, he got, took you to the dark place for one single reason, that you could touch bedrock. Bedrock has a name. He is called the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you pray and pray, and you think you're at the lowest you can be, you're not. He might even be five years away from it. Now, there's an encouragement from a pastor. Eh? But then God decides the time. But it comes a moment. I want to encourage you. The answer don't come from a book. It don't come from some fancy theology. It don't come. It comes from on your knees. And if Jesus prayed until blood came from his forehead and sweat, Jesus is showing us there is a way to touch heaven. And for heaven to come through you because you are his conduit and touch earth and unlock that depression situation, unlock that doubts, unlock that suffering and cancer. And I've got news for you. In the next 90 seconds, he's going to do that supernaturally for some of you. He's going to blow that depression right out your breeches like you can't believe. He's going to blow that sickness. He's going to blow that discouragement, that despair. 
So let me finish with these three things. Number one, it takes you to the place of isolation. And you've got a choice to go in isolation, to look by sight and say, they flunkers don't appreciate me. Or you could go, my God is doing a Joseph number on me. He has taken me to the pit. And it's nothing to do with them. Even people did mean evil for you. God allowed it and caused it for your good. So you cannot go wrong. Thank you, Ian. Thank you. I apologize. You couldn't hear that last five minutes. Eh? So I'll say it all over again. No, I'm just joking. In a moment, if the band could come up. And it's a holy moment. Because when you and Lara go home and they, they go, nah, 20 times we've stopped here. But this time we're going to, they got angry about it. They got passionate about it. They pressed through. Do you know what I learned this from a seven-year-old boy? Elma reminded me this week. A seven-year-old boy was sick as a dog every six weeks and puked his guts up all over my house. We prayed till we had no prayers left. You've heard the story before. Well, you've heard Abraham's story a thousand times. You don't complain about that. We, didn't, we, we, we were here. We were out of it. We were out of it. We were out of it. And Elma did a beautiful thing. I want to encourage you to do all your children, your prayer. She asked the child, what do you think? What do you think? And the child, Aaron Dows, a seven-year-old, said, keep praying. What was he saying? Do that. I'm not exaggerating. In my whole life, I've never known heaven to show up ever like this. Heaven came down and touched him and gave him a vision and spoke to him. He gave him what Ewan is waiting for, title deeds. Ewan, Mitchell, you're not going to get the title deeds handed over next week when the guy pays the money. You got the title deeds. That moment you prayed. That is what substance means. And when you got the title deeds in your back pocket, it doesn't matter about mortgage rates or what government says. When you got the substance, and I don't want us to miss this, it's there waiting for you. That blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Pray through, guys. Pray through. And we watched the seven-year-old guy, kid pray through. He touched heaven. Heaven came down and spoke in dreams and visions, and he made a way. We were here. Children, we're at the end of the kingdom like children. Why? Because children are on another level of faith. They don't have the same doubts as we do. The child pressed through. Heaven came down and was instantly healed miraculously. I want you to think of one thing in your life. One thing where you go, if God touched that, it might be your son, maybe your daughter, maybe your sister, maybe your brother, maybe your finances, and maybe your partner or the absence of a partner, whatever it is, why don't you, just for once, be fully persuaded he's a good father. He's taking you to that place of isolation. Not that you would stay isolated and independent. He's taking you through the dark place until your dandelion roots hit the rock. And the rock Jesus begins to speak to you 
He gives you a vision. He gives you a scripture. And in that moment, when he gives you that, he gives you the title deeds in your spirit. You have a supernatural deposit from the living God. It's called blessed. Now, all the great faith people down through the centuries understand this. You got to pray until. You got to pray through until. You got to wait until. And if you move forward without the until, you're not walking in faith, you're walking in presumption. And that's why we get disappointed when God doesn't show. But if you'll just press through one more time, touch the hem of his garment. Why don't you stand? If you, if you would like to stand, if you can, or stand up on the inside. Why don't we stand? Close our eyes. If you feel free to raise your hands to heaven. If you don't, then ask the Lord to give you that freedom. But let's raise our hands of faith. Why don't you choose one impossible situation? And if you don't have one for yourself, ask for one for your friend. You've been praying faithfully. You've been hoped faithfully. But you've been flapping in the darkness. We all have at times. But you know what? I've got news for you. You're coming through the darkness. You're coming through the soil. Jesus, the bedrock, is here. And he waits on you. Because he only asks us to approach his throne one way. Only one way he asks us to approach his throne. He says, approach the throne of grace with what? The missing ingredient. The missing ingredient. The missing ingredient. He says, approach my throne with confidence. Not in yourself or circumstances, but in the goodness of God who makes a way where there is no way. Let's raise our hands in faith to God. I'm just going to ask God to come. Thank you for being patient. Thank you guys for setting us up. Thank you, Charlie, for that brilliant uh, faith story of Haiti. He has a display at the back you don't want to miss. But it may be for your child who's sick. It may be for your loved one. It may be for yourself. But why don't you have a dandelion moment? Why don't you press through the earth? Press through the earth. Press through the earth. Till you hit the bedrock. And you hit Jesus. And you say, Jesus, I gave up in the isolation moment. And I actually isolated myself. You took me to the dark place because you love me and I, I, I isolate myself more. I didn't know how to respond to isolation. I didn't know how to respond to darkness. But Joseph taught us that in the darkest moment, God is closest and he makes a way. Never ever take a so-called faith leap presumption. Wait until God deposits a supernatural title deeds, unction, peace, deposit of faith in the depths of your heart. And from that moment, every demon in hell cannot hinder you or stand against you. Don't stay in the hour of depression. Don't stay in the hour of disappointment. In every circumstance, the Bible says, give thanks to the living God. And may in this moment, 
you become a conduit as you touch heaven, as you touch Jesus. And the power of God, the Holy Spirit flows through you and touches that situation by the supernatural power of our amazing, loving Father who is good, who is good, who is good. Let's give a raucous, raucous, wild applaud to the living God. All right, guys, that was a good practice. That, that's what you call an applause, but I'm talking about a wild, raucous applause. Like David danced and he got in trouble, he got in trouble with his underwear. But you know, his heart didn't get into trouble because his heart was wild and raucous. You know, if you don't have a moment of being wild and raucous and you're too shy to do in public and stick the tea cozy on your head the night in your bedroom and get the brush handle and jump a bit like Elvis, practice being wild and raucous for the living God because he alone is worth it now. Let's give it up a wild, well, come on, come on, come on.